Iowa everywhere. This is Iowa Everywhere. And now, it's time for Two Guys Named Chris. Powered by Fairway Meat and Grocery. This is Iowa Everywhere. For the fans. Hello and welcome to your Monday morning, November the 14th edition of Two Guys Named Chris. We are, as always, presented by Fairway Meat and Grocery. My name is Chris Williams, joined, as always, by... Chris Hassel as we talk the world of Iowa sports and a lot of college football obviously here over the next hour or so. Are you going to try to going to try to turn the conversation to college basketball? Is that what you're hinting at after <laughs> another Iowa State loss? No. You'd rather just as much as you know, I would foot, like to. I, football I, season's <laughs> over, right? Let's go to the let's go to Cyclone basketball. As, as much as I would like to, that I really was not insinuating that, but I could see how you, you know, little brother Iowa fan. I know you're you're still raw about September. You're you're a little sensitive right now. You see the shirt I've got on? Yeah, what <laughs> Your Rose Bowl, what year is that? I can't see the year, but it is well. I'm gonna. Bowl. I'm about to put 2022 on it because Iowa is three wins away from being in the Rose Bowl. <laughs> you believe that? I actually, I have something really interesting. Uh, this is kind of how I want to lead this today, and you you kind of read me into it. You led me into it. So, you, you're correct. They are like everything you said was factual. As long as Illinois loses at Michigan. Yeah, which, I mean, it, we're going to assume that they're going to because they're yes. on a tailspin. I mean, it, if you rewind our to our show a month ago or even three weeks ago, really, doesn't this make it really hard for any actual change to happen at Iowa this year? Like, aren't you in, like, this perpetual cycle <laughs> where you guys are going to go to the Big Ten championship game, you're going to get killed, and then whatever happens in a bowl game – and then, like, does anything actually happen now? Because it's, you guys are good enough. Like, you give them credit. Like, they're back into the cycle, right? Back into the dreaded cycle. Yes. <laughs> now, that's that's a question that a lot of fans are asking right now. And I think it's twofold. It's one, do we really want to go back and get our brains bashed in by Michigan or Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game? Two, does this mean that we're not going to get any changes in the offseason? And it's going to be fascinating to watch here down the stretch. Now, I still think there's there's still two games to go here. Uh, they could maybe not get a defensive touchdown or two in the next couple of games, and, and maybe they don't win out. Maybe they struggle with yeah. Minnesota and Nebraska, and then it just it, it takes care of itself, and I think – changes would then be made now if they go out and they win both these games and get to the big 10 championship game i don't know man i don't i don't know how you make changes i I don't know how you see kirk ferentz making changes because he would be back-to-back division champion back-to-back trips to indianapolis and back-to-back seasons where you go on a long winning streak at the end of the year so he's going to be able to say look it it might take some time to get things worked out early but once we get those issues worked out we get on a roll. Chris, they've won 13 straight games in November. That's the second longest streak in the country behind Notre Dame. <laughs> it's incredible. You guys get yourself into the into the damnedest pickles. Like I tell you, like this is the, 
talking to a friend about this last night who's an Iowa fan, and he and he was just perplexed. He's like, God damn it, now we got to keep Brian Ferentz, and then we're going to have the same conversation in September, and then the same thing's going to happen. And I'm like, yeah, but you guys, like, here I am, one in six. <laughs> right? Like, I mean, it, it's just... I, I Where are we at now with the, the weekly Tom Manning, Brian Ferentz handshake <laughs> tweet? Because I had a lot of Iowa State fans in my mentions on Twitter saying they think that Iowa State's offense is worse than Iowa's. I think they're nuts. That's, it's not, but... But they believe it. I mean, Iowa had 146 yards on Saturday. Well, and the Iowa State fans will come back and they'll say, and even there's some Iowa fans that will say this too, yards don't mean anything. It's, it's all about whether or not you finish the drive, and Iowa State doesn't finish drives because they, they can't help but turn the ball over. Yeah, but if Iowa State got one defensive touchdown in that game, then they win. Or, you know, I mean, I guess they did block a punt. <laughs> That's, they blocked a the, punt. They did a good special teams play, and then they, they immediately missed a field it over goal after that. Five times you can't, yeah, I, you can't win anywhere turning over five. You, you especially can't win on the road, and, that's, and they almost did. That's the crazy. That's the thing, thing Chris. I mean, they had a chance to win that game yeah. after turning the ball over five times, missing a field goal, and committing eight penalties. They still had a chance in the final minute to win a game on the road. Oklahoma State right now sucks. Yeah, but that's a bad loss. That's a bad loss. What me off about it is, you know, when we, we go on here on Thursday and both predicted Iowa State would win by double digits, we read the game. Yeah. They, we, we hang on to the, the football, yeah. don't turn it over, and you do win that game yeah. by double digits easily. easily. I mean, I think that they should have really – they could have won it by three scores. And then, like, throughout all of it, this is, I think, the most frustrating. And if, I'm, if I was Tom Manning now – I think there's clearly problems with Iowa State's offense. We all know this, right? I'm not. I, I'm. What playing, is the big I'm problem? Playing, like what? Well, hear me out there, just just real fast. It, if I were like Tom Manning's camp, sitting around today, th- these dropped passes mm. constantly that are on plays that are there. The biggest it, plays of the game, too. Yeah, like in and they're actually good play calls. And Deckers is is hitting the guys, and these are good players. These are two of your best players um, dropping these passes. This there's been four of them, four drop touchdown passes in these one possession losses, and then you factor in the field goals on top of it. Now again, you're kind of putting. It's a little bit like if Iowa goes on this streak in November again and gets killed in the Big Ten title game, but then you keep Brian, it's kind of like a Band-Aid over the problem, right? We, we, all, we all recognize this. But my point is, if I'm, if I'm Tom Manning and I'm like, just some simple execution, right? And Iowa State's, what, a three-loss team right now? I don't know. Just sim- Despite all of it. Despite all of it because your defense is so good. Oh, wait a minute. I'm talking about Iowa. No, I'm not. This is the Cyclones. What in the hell? I am like it is. This is as frustrated as I've ever been during the Campbell era because it's like there's no reason you should be one and six with that good of a defense. With that good of a defense, they're so good defensively. It's one of the best defenses in the history of the Big Twelve Conference statistically right now. And uh, John Miller said this. I don't remember what game it was after for you guys on our. Hawkeye Sunday podcast, and he's like, if I'm Phil Parker, I go in there and tell um, Kirk Ferentz to triple my salary. And John Haycock's <laughs> getting to that point right mm-hmm. now with Iowa State. But yeah, I, it's 
Because they're somehow keeping them in every game, despite all these turnovers. The, this defense continues to keep them in games. The dropped passes bother me more than anything. Really? Because <laughs> it, it's just like, it's not... These are good players. And like the one with Noel on Saturday, all he has to do is catch it and he walks into the end zone. I was so I, I was calling a game at the exact same time as Iowa and Iowa State games. I had them both on my uh, up on my laptop, so I I would look down often and see what was going on. I looked down and I saw that play, the Noel drop, and I was like, "Did that just happen again? They dropped another one? I thought maybe it was a replay of one of the big drops earlier in the season. And oh my god! And then I had to go back to calling my game. But gee, what the hell's going on? Wait, you got these great wide receivers, these great playmakers, and when it comes to the easiest plays, they don't make them in mm. the biggest moments. It just happened time and time and time again this year. And then, yeah, I, I don't know, man. My, my frustration level is through the roof because it's just it, – and there's so many Iowa fans listening and watching right now. They're like, yeah, I've been there because about the defense thing and how the defense keeps doing its job. It's actually, you know, in, in this league – Right in the Big Twelve, it makes what Iowa State's defense is doing even more crazy. Like how, mm-hmm. how good that they've been. If I can, we be real here for a second. Can we be real for a second? Iowa's defense is better than Iowa State's defense, and yeah, Iowa's offense is worse than Iowa State's offense. I mean, I think the numbers wise, I, I Iowa State has the better offense. Iowa has the better defense. Period. That's just really hard to believe. <laughs> like, I get it. <laughs> like, all the statistics would say it, but I, I mean, at least Iowa's offense, they'll just run the clock out and punt it with Torrey Well, Taylor. yes. In, 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 the, like, in, a, in a game like Wisconsin, they did. They, they held know, on to the if football. If Iowa State did that on Saturday, they would have won by two scores. <laughs> like, uh, seriously, though. Like, if they just wouldn't have freaking kept giving them the football. It, so you're saying it would have been just like Iowa-Wisconsin. The difference is the Iowa defense, man. They, they, they guys, score. They score. Yeah, yeah. Iowa State's defense is good as far as the bend but don't break stuff goes. Playing better offenses, they don't put the ball in the end zone like Iowa's does. No doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Iowa's special teams is considerably better than Iowa State's special teams. That No doubt. No those doubt are the differences that. right there. Those are the differences in a team that is somehow playing for a division championship and a team that has to win the last two games to get to six wins. Now, I, I did get an update on Iowa State's uh, uh, garbage five win back into a bowl game. Oh, I can't BS. wait. New Mexico Bowl. Albuquerque. Let's go. Yeah, Jerry Palm says that there are right now uh, projected to be two slots available for five win teams. And the first slot would go to Rice. And the second slot would go to Iowa State. Iowa State right now is projected to get that last bowl bid at five wins and go to the first responder bowl in Dallas, Texas to face a team that you faced last year, UNLV. Oh, God. <laughs> Where's the first responders bowl? Dallas. They would be December the 27th, Christopher. 3.15 p.m. So you're, you're hopping on a, a probably a Christmas Eve flight heading down there to Dallas. God. Spending Christmas in the Metroplex 
in a media hotel. <laughs> Just me and Randy Peterson, man. Mm-hmm. A lot of years. Um. All right, let's get into like the actual breakdown. Are we go- are we starting with we we, we got to start with Iowa though, right? Yeah, yeah. We're starting absolutely. If we get that, because I, I can hear again. the Iowa fans in my mentions right now, like you, you hate Iowa so much, they win and they you don't even start with them on your your dumb podcast. Nobody listens to, even though they're listening to it and commenting on it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, credit where it's due. Two wins from a division title and uh, amazing. It's amazing. It's just a crazy, what a crazy season this has been for Iowa. And how about another, uh, you got another player, you know, in a fun way, I think. David Eichel tweeted it out. Tory Taylor, the punter, is like, you guys count. I don't, I don't know. I don't have an oh, Aussie accent. I didn't accent. see this. I didn't like, see this. You sons of bitches counted our asses out three weeks ago, and now look at us. We're kicking ass and taking names. I'm, I'm just generalizing the, uh, the comment from Taylor. But uh, Eichel only tweeted place, it out. Only place in America where the punter can punch <laughs> Yeah, I know. Shit. I know. People are like, yeah, absolutely. Um, all credit to, to Iowa and this, this coaching staff, and more specifically the defense that once again won the game flat out. I mean, this defense was – I don't know how they stayed positive in that – the loss to Ohio State, where you end up giving up 50-plus points and you you played well defensively, but it was the offense was so bad and turned it over so many times that there was just no chance. You had to be thinking, like, we have to score touchdowns in every game and pitch a shutout on defense if we're going to have a chance. Mm-hmm. And somehow they have rallied and done that. They... The coaching job must be just, and the belief in the in in the kids, and I guess you know the the faith in their teammates on offense that it it just doesn't bother them that they might have to go out there and win the game themselves. Maybe they, that that's what they take pride in. That's what gets them going. That they know they're so good they can win a game without any offensive help. The Iowa offense averaged two point one yards per play in that game. And uh, somebody from ESPN looked up the stat. I can't, I can't remember his name, but I, I, I tweeted hard. it out and gave him credit. It's the first time that a team averaging um, 2.1 or fewer yards per play won a game by 14-plus in over a decade <laughs> in college football. I mean, thousands of games. It How hasn't happened. Little stats does Iowa have where they just I know it's like that with their offense, and it's and it's not just it's not just a win against uh, Nevada or something. This oh, was yeah. this Wisconsin. I mean, this yeah. is a team that's beat you eight of the last ten, and now this is back to back wins against programs that Kirk Ferentz has had real issues with over the last decade. So I think that goes into it as well. That goes into the turnaround, and that goes into boy. We're, we've we've gone from an absolute disaster of a season into potentially, if they run the table here, there's no you, you you can't say it's not a successful season. If you run the table and you win the division and you go to Indianapolis, even though you lost to Iowa State and you got blown out by Ohio State and you weren't that competitive with Michigan, if you win eight games 
and you basically that's, destroy everybody in the division. That's kind of what we expected going into the year, right? I think we I thought anywhere between seven and nine wins going into the right. season. Eight and four is exactly where I had them. Now, I would, I'll play the devil's advocate role here, being mm-hmm. the evil cyclone. The offense wasn't any better against a good defense. You know, this, this wasn't like because we were we were wondering that, right? We we said, well, Northwestern stinks. Purdue is clearly uh, well. They had a nice bounce back, so whatever. That we thought that the Purdue game were like, is this like a real move movement forward or an anomaly? They weren't good on offense. So I, I've just like I don't think that I think the Nebraska game you should win. Next week is tough. Even with the current winning streak, because it's you're, you're still playing Russian roulette by like, oh, we have to get special know, teams and defensive touchdowns. And I get it. And like as an Iowa fan, you're probably like, well, yeah, we do it all the time. It's still hard to do. And I mean, I, I don't know what they were doing, letting Graham Mertz throw the football and stuff like we we had discussed that on Thursday. We thought that they would just sit on the ball. Well, you were spot on your assessment of Mertz. I think you just came he came sucks. on here on uh, on he, Thursday, and you're like, that guy sucks. He's not like he's. I think the highest rated quarterback they've ever signed at Wisconsin, and has been a total bust throughout his. Ent- he, he doesn't take care of the football, especially when you're a team like what they try and do. It's just Iowa's still an underdog, despite everything coming up this weekend at Minnesota. So it's a. Did you see the number on that game? <laughs> I saw it opened at 32 and a half. Yeah, 32 and a half. Isn't that the, the, the opening line for the game uh, a few weeks ago? Was, was it the Northwestern game? That was actually that was think, the lowest one ever. I think that was 31 and a half. Oh, okay. So this is a point. This is a, but you see my point. Like, I, I think all Iowa fans, I'm not preaching to anybody here. You, you realize it's like with, uh, without, and that was, and Minnesota does have a good defense. It's not elite, but it's a good defense. That's going to be a tough game. Coming up on set, I, but I think if you win that one, I mean, I mean, do you have any faith that Nebraska could come into Kinnick and win? I don't know. I Nebraska don't. always scares me. I, Nebraska scares me every year because you've talked so much crap over the years. Well, I guess, but they always, even though Iowa has beaten them, for the most part, they've played Iowa pretty tight. You're right throughout this winning streak. So I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not taking any, there was one game that I was checking off as a win and that was Northwestern. That's it. Now, mm-hmm. Iowa, the way they play, you, you can't go into a game against anybody just expecting to win. I think you go into every game thinking if we don't get a defensive touchdown, we could be in trouble. If we don't get a defensive play that sets us up inside the 20 or a special teams play, because that's what Iowa did against Wisconsin. That's what they need in a lot of these games is they need their defense or special teams to either score or set them up on an extremely short field where it becomes much easier to score because this here's the difference between the Iowa offense and the Iowa State offense. The Iowa State offense can be vertical. They can stretch you down the field. They can hit the big play. The Iowa offense doesn't do that outside of, you know, one quarter against Purdue for the most part. They don't hell of a quarter though. It's hard for Iowa's offense to move the ball up and down the field, but don't have the guys. It's not what you're built to do. And yeah, the, the Wisconsin game went exactly like we thought it would if Iowa was going to win. With the block punt, offensive touchdown. <laughs> but we both picked Wisconsin to win the game. 
Yeah, because again, like it's just hard. For well, me. I didn't. I didn't expect the, a defensive touchdown and a blocked punt to set him up. You know, it's on just, the doorstep. Again, it's just it's just football though. Like it's hard to count on that. Even Although this season with it. Iowa, it's hard not to. <laughs> I know. I mean, it's I just, it just it, it seems to happen more than not. And now, I mean, we even have we have somebody in the comments right now. It's Jeff, who's an Iowa fan. He says it's just not fun watching it at all. It's so boring. And I, I've heard that from many, 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 many Iowa fans. And I think if any Iowa fans being honest with themselves, that they feel the same way. Some of them are able to able to say, "Look, it's it, we're we're winning. It's fun. It's fine," but. I still think that even if Iowa does go on this winning streak to end the season and end up in Indianapolis, I still think a change should be made. There should be changes made. I just don't think there will be changes made. There weren't changes made after last season. We we were saying the same stuff last season, specifically about the quarterback. And they went into the year with the same quarterback, and for the most part, it's been even worse than last season there have been some flashes for Spencer Petrus and at this point it's beating a dead horse I was listening to John Miller's Hawkeye Sunday podcast and and I, I totally agree with him he's like Spencer Petrus is what he is the coaching staff says that he gives them the best chance to win what's the point in even talking about it at this point right like what there's not going to be a change right now He's not good. Sometimes he doesn't kill you if he doesn't turn the ball over. But what's the point in harping on it when nothing's going to change and everybody knows what he is? I think, too, this style of football, like going on Jeff and what a lot of other Iowa fans are saying about it's not fun, whatever, it's a lot more palatable in November. You're right. It is. Right? And I think it works better in November. That's why we see this November winning streak. I agree. 13 straight because the weather gets bad. It gets windy. It gets cold. The, 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 the hard hits hurt more. This I, is so true. This is November and December football. But then you go to the Big Ten Championship and you go inside a dome. <laughs> it's not the same. If Iowa would play in that game this year. I mean, you're looking at a four-touchdown underdog in the Big Ten Championship. Yeah, uh, Matt Peralt. I, th- I think it was Matt Peralt on Twitter uh, I, I, when I tweeted about Iowa being two wins away from the Big Ten Championship game. And you know how Matt is. He's like, yeah, and then you'll be a 21-and-a-half-point underdog. So, I, and, I, and I said, I said, that's it? <laughs> <laughs> Matt was trying to play gotcha with you. And, he <laughs> and he, there were a lot of other comments that were like, what? No. what? Really? Really? Are you missing a digit there? Now, if it's Michigan, maybe. Because we did yeah. see Iowa. They only lost by 13 to Michigan. But at the same time, we saw what Michigan did to Iowa in that dome last year. I, I do think if it's Michigan, it's probably 21 and a half. It's, if it's Ohio State, it's, it's so at least 28. Just for, the, just for reference here, the, like Vegas goes off of power ratings. Mm-hmm. They don't, they're not going to do too much of like, oh, well, this, this happened and October and they, they, they basically they have their power ratings and they go up and down throughout the year. It was heading into last week and Iowa State's didn't change at all. I'm guessing Iowa's really didn't either. 
Iowa, Iowa State was still like 10 spots ahead of Iowa in most power ratings. So my point is, even with this win streak, Iowa's offense is still so bad. Power rating-wise, you're not going to fluctuate that much as and far as what a, what a point spread would be in that game. And it's Big Ten West opponents. Yeah. It's, it's a one-win Northwestern team. It's, it's Purdue and Wisconsin who are, you know, going to be heading to a bowl game probably. But now, that's one thing it. that would help your power rating is if Purdue and – like if Iowa State, who beat you, would win out and beat TCU, that would – Wait, so you're Iowa. saying Iowa State's failures are hurting Iowa's power rating? the teams it, – it goes a lot of who you've played, right? Uh-huh. So, um, it, like – beating Purdue if they would win out and like if Purdue would go off I don't, I don't think they play them but if they would beat like Ohio State that would bump Iowa up right like you guys get it but I should I, Iowa I think, fans should I Iowa fans want to see Iowa in the Big Ten championship game again yes every I agree every I time. agree now there's some fans that say no don't do it to me I I'd like us to win out, but I don't want. I don't want to see that again in the Big Ten championship game. You, you, you gotta, you gotta want it. You gotta hope that something is different. You gotta hope that the, the coaches are good it's enough. Sports, anything can happen. Yeah, well, to a point. This Jeff guy in our mentions, he says absolutely not. LOL, and he's an yeah. Iowa fan. I, I mean, I, I, I've heard I from a lot of Iowa fans team. that feel the same. Well, I, I, there were Iowa fans that that said that last year. That said last year they they really didn't want to go to the Big Ten Championship game because they kind of thought they knew what was going to happen and, and it was worse than what they thought. I thought they were going to put forth a much better effort against Michigan last year, but that game was over pretty quick. Um, Michigan's not as good, I don't think, this year as they were last year, but they're still uh, a heck of a lot better than Iowa. Who, who knows, but I mean... I think so, too. Um, maybe if Iowa doesn't turn the ball over six times, that they can keep it a game longer. I mean, <laughs> Iowa scored a defensive touchdown in the Ohio State game, and they still lost by 40-plus. Circle Herc <laughs> says... That's a, that's a great name. Obviously, you want your team in the championship game. Get serious. So we have two Iowa there, fans. There are fans. Right. Who have total opposite views on this? One mm-hmm. doesn't want to see it; the other one does. There, I'm telling you, there are fans out there that don't want to see it. Because I've heard I don't from understand them, that. and we're hearing from always, one right now. Yeah, I would always want to see it, but I, I would too. No you expectations; just, you, just go out there and let it hang. Yeah, you know, well, <laughs> that's kind of hard for them to do, but. I, I, there's, if there's one thing Iowa won't do is just go out there and let it hang. I mean, it's not like they're going to go out there in the Big Ten championship game against Ohio State and Brian Ferentz is all of a sudden just going to let Petrus rip. <laughs> just let him yeah, rip. Think of all the shit talking that Petrus would do after that win. Man, and rightfully and, so. Hey, if, if, they, if, they, if, if they do that, if, if they make the Rose Bowl, bring it on. Uh, let's thank our friends from Fairway Meat and Grocery. We had a couple people, uh, Cyclone fans, who were on away game this week, and they took a picture of their meat and mm. put it up on Twitter. Their Fairway meat, of course. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they went to Fairway, and they got this one guy lived in, like, Nebraska. And wait a second. We talked about him last week. 
yeah. he stopped at a fairway meat grocery because he can't get them in uh, in Nebraska, and he he was all proud of it. But then we had another guy who was smoking pork ribs from fairway. And he was kicking his feet up and watching all the games, and he was rubbing it in everybody's face that he had ribs on the smoker, and and you didn't, and he tagged fairway on it. So we appreciate it. That's how we get it done, Man. my friends. It's a lot better than what I had at the old UAB press box. What's the UAB press box offer? Well, it, honestly, it's it's really good compared to many other places I've gone. But this week it was a it was an interesting choice. It was it was it was almost like a they wanted you to build your own taco salad. Oh. But it was like rice and chili. Like what was the bean situation in the chili? That's there cute. weren't many beans in it. It was it was really finely chopped up, but it was very liquidy. So they they wanted you to eat it as if it was like ground beef almost, but it really should have been eaten like it was chili out of a bowl with a spoon. So I had I had to just splat it onto my paper plate with my rice, and that was that was my meal because I didn't I didn't have time to 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 go to Chipotle beforehand and get my my normal pregame. Are you just meal. on a first name basis with everyone there in Birmingham? Yes, it's it, 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 it was great. It really was. It was that's that was my last trip there for football season. I'll probably head back for basketball season. They've got a good basketball team, even though they lost to Toledo in that barstool invitational. Um, but that's my last trip of the football season. I've got I'm I've got a home game next at at uh, FAU. How about that line? And we talked about that line last week. North Texas was 5 and 1 yeah. in conference play. UAB was 2 and 4. UAB was favored by 6 and a half at kick. UAB wins by 20. They, Power ratings. It it generally doesn't lead you astray. It did uh for the TCU Texas game. Uh with T, well, but we'll get to that in our in our other segment. So it's not it's not perfect, but that's, real real quick before we get point. to Iowa State, this is this was a thing last night where so Bloom being the little Bloom. jerk that he is, he was supposed can, to can do Can I have some money for my Iowa State football and basketball players? Can I have some money for the collective? What are you doing with your hands? Please? What is he like a Please. Little teeny tiny T Rex, and he doesn't have arms, and he just. The players need to be paid. <laughs> they need your money. Speaking of that, what's going on with Caden Proctor? Is he still going to Iowa? I think so. Look, these kids do that kind of stuff all the okay, time. They, that came out of nowhere. I, I don't have any inside info. I, right. These, but these players, a lot of times, they like to go. You know, you you just see the country. You know, you're young. You do it while you can. Whatever. But what what were you going to say about uh, old, uh, old so Bloomy Bloom, pants? Bloom was all disjointed after the Iowa State game, which I I get. Like I was my three year old Elise cussed for the first time. <laughs> Because of that, I swear to God. (laughs) What did she say? It was at the end of the game, and she was downstairs with me watching it the whole time. And when they, it was fourth down, it was like fourth and 18 or whatever it was. It was like their last chance. They had like 15 last chances, and this was the last one. (laughs) And they didn't get it. And she yells, oh, shit. No. Yeah. How old is she? Three. Eight? Three? Yeah. Oh, this is your youngest. Yeah, oh my I was God. actually quite proud, honestly. Like it was actually a strong moment for her. I think that <laughs> she's got that competitive spirit. I was actually quite proud of her, and I think. How that, does this tie into Bloom? 
So Bloom stiffed me on the Cyclone Fanatic postgame show. He was supposed to join me, and he didn't. Like, he what? just starts ghosting me. And I asked him last night, <laughs> what the hell happened? You, hanging me out to dry after that loss to just, you know, take it from all these pissed off fans, which whatever, I've been doing that my whole career. And he told me he went and had a shower beer. A, have you ever had a beer? Like, You know, Andrew Downs talks about this thing all the time, this I've shower never, beer. I've never done this. I, I haven't either. I, I tried it after Andrew talked about it on the Murph and Andy show, and I, I just don't get it. Like, what? I don't want to have a beer in the shower. Why don't you just chug a beer, get in the shower, and then have another beer? Why do how you long to... and how long is he in the shower? When I shower, it takes five minutes. Yeah, me too. I get in there and I get the job done. I, I just I, my hands are all lathery, all soapy. All so then you get people, the soap all over the can. So these... wait, he skipped the pregame show or the post-game, post-game show? Yeah. To go have a shower beer. That's his and this word. is acceptable. His words. You're accepting this? Well, no. I mean, we're going to have to have a hard conversation. At some was point. he was he that was, distraught? He was very disjointed about the uh, five turnovers. Does Cyclone Jerry ever game. skip the post game show to go have a shower beer? Cyclone Jerry only calls after wins now. Oh, really? Yeah, he uh, did I ever tell well, you? So, you've about, only heard from him once in the last couple yeah, of months, last week. <laughs> and he called in and said how he couldn't go to the game because he had too bad of a cold. He always fills us in on his health conditions. So, his son, <laughs> you'll love this story. What's Cyclone Jerry's son's name? Well, he's he is since deceased. God Cyclone rest Jerry's son's name yeah. was Diamond Dave. Diamond Dave. See, I thought Diamond Dave was the dad, and Cyclone Jerry yeah. was the son. Jerry's the dad. Then there's Diamond Dave, and then they have a. Uh, it's Jerry's grandson who's like carrying on the family tradition, and you'll hear What's from his him nickname? every once. And he's got some sort of a pet name, just like his old man and grandpa. Um. So this was years ago, and I got a Facebook message from Diamond Dave. And he asked, he's like, hey, Thursday is Cyclone Jerry's birthday. Would you give him a call? (laughs) And I did. And Jerry didn't answer, but I got his voicemail. I was hey, it's Jerry. Leave a message. So I, I did. And I said, hey, Jerry. It's Chris. Uh, just wanted to wish you a really happy birthday, pal. You're you're a good, great fan. Thanks for calling into all the shows. I don't remember what I said. Well, somehow, the message didn't get relayed to Dave that I had done this. And Dave sent me a message. I still have it. The last conversation I had with Dave, the last words he said to me were, I hope you choke on your microphone and die. What? Yeah. Because he didn't think that you called his dad to wish him happy birthday? Correct. He he wished death upon me. And then he died? Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Hey, what was what was that story that Walters would always tell about somebody cleaning somebody's garage? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't remember the specifics, but I, was well, that Dave, Diamond Dave or Dave, Cyclone Jerry? Dave has a he used to clean carpets. Okay, I think like he would clean like McCarney would hire him to just come out there and just clean stuff or something like that. 
Because <laughs> Mac's a great guy, and he's just like, oh, I'm going to give him some business. But anywho. So Diamond Dave would go clean out McCarney's garage? I don't know if it was McCarney. <laughs> Wasn't it Rod and <laughs> Jeff, maybe? Was it Rod and Jeff? I don't know. We'll have to ask. We'll have to ask Walters. <laughs> but I, I've heard him tell the story a few times, but it's been about 10 years now. I, I can't remember what it was. It was funny, though. Yeah, so uh, just a moral to the story, don't encourage death on people. Jeez. It could come back to bite you. Well, you might be hearing from old Cyclone Jerry again this week with uh, Texas Tech. God, I hope so. I don't know. I, I Iowa State's fa- – I had a great tweet from a fan. I always tweet out the point spreads from Circa on Sundays. Because mm-hmm. Circa will give you the best spread, so you got to spread that around. And they're always the first one to release them, too, mm-hmm. every Sunday. It's perfect. And I tweet out, Iowa State's a three-point favorite over Texas Tech. And it's so it's the most predictable fan thing in the world. After a win, fans are like, huh, they're not giving us enough respect. After <laughs> a loss, they're like, huh, we'll be lucky to even score three points. <laughs> because <laughs> tried and true. Um, this one guy, because Iowa State didn't move in the power ratings this week, even after the loss, because they were only a one-point favorite, which is basically a pick em, And that game, like, the it, the num- the computer sees that as they dominated them. The computers view turnovers as, like, fluky, okay? So oh. they view that as a very fluky loss that I w- – clearly, like, we've all <laughs> seen this by now, but that's how a computer – Yeah, it's not a fluke when it's happened ten times. Yeah. And this guy responds to me, and he goes, can't Vegas just let us go? <laughs> Because, <laughs> you know, it keeps giving you hope. And Well, I'm telling you, man, Iowa State's a lot like UAB this season. All those close losses, I saw many, many of them firsthand for UAB. And then this week, they just ripped I could the totally... second-place team in conference play. And I, I think Iowa State will have a shot against TCU. With that defense, you're always going to have a shot. There's, there's no doubt. Now, should you be confident going into this week? I don't, can we talk? I want to talk to you about Deckers. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I'm having a really hard time, if I'm just being honest with everybody, with my analysis here. Because I can see it two ways. He is not... He, he has regressed. Okay? And why has he regressed is, is the question. Coaching, guys around him, whatever. We, we can get into that. The reason I'm having a hard time analyzing Deckers is because a lot of people are predictably calling for him to get benched right now. And I, I can understand that. But, Chris, is it any – I mean, you, you're playing with an awful offensive line, a non-existent running game, and you've hit receivers in great spots to win games three hmm. to four times this year. And they're dropping them. I mean, Iowa State's got to be up there leading the country and drop passes. Is this a Hunter Decker's problem? And now, I think he's regressed because of a lot of that stuff. I don't know if I just want to give up on him right now when you still have a chance to become bowl eligible. And right, like, how do you how do you kind of analyze this? I realize I'm probably a little too close to it, but it's it's difficult for me to like objectively break this down because I could totally see arguments to both sides. Yeah, and he's young too. I mean, he, he's got a he's got a future. You hope, um, and a lot of that, like you said, is not his fault. Some of those interceptions were not really his fault. Now, he's 
he may be throwing ill-advised passes at times that are 50-50 balls and the receivers aren't that making the really play. We just saw the, the one we right. just saw. Yes. Yeah, that was really was bad. Way off the mark. Um, I, I guess I just don't know enough about who they have behind him. I'll tell you. So it's a walk-on. It's um, Okay, then that's all I need to hear. It's a walk-on? Two, well, there's two guys. No. His name is Ashton Cook, Marv Cook's son. Okay. Who used to play for the Hawks. I think yeah. now this was like in September. I haven't had this conversation with anyone because it just doesn't seem like they're in any sort of a hurry to do this. The other kid is a really nice young, but he's a true freshman. His name's Rocco Becht. Uh, his dad is actually a coach in the XFL, an old NFL guy. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The former tight end that yeah, uh, yeah, he used to call Jets. games for ESPN. Yep. And but but I'll tell you, like we we saw him last against Ohio. He just looks he's a true freshman. He needs some time. Like I from what I understand, there's nobody even close to Deckers in that program. No, it's this is another example of how (laughs) the Iowa and the Iowa State situations are so similar, because this is what the Iowa coaching staff says about Petrus and everybody else. (laughs) So it's like, I mean. I'm just having our. I want to be fair to Deckers because I think he has regressed, and I, I have to strain to think of a guy who didn't see the who sees the field worse than him <laughs> at this state because like he's. I mean, there was a play on Saturday where he forces it. He, one of those picks, and Cartivius Norton didn't have anyone within 15 yards of him on a flat. If he just dumps it off, Norton's going for 25, 30, maybe even a touchdown. He just doesn't see the field well. But I've also seen guys like my my good friend Brett Meyer, who saw the field great as a freshman, and then he played with a bad offensive line and no running game for so long that you start seeing ghosts back there. And I feel like that has been pressed fast forward with Hunters this year. And do you give up on him? I don't really know what the answer is. I think I would keep playing with Deckers. Like, I just – I don't – I don't think throwing a true freshman out there in November in the Big 12 is going to do a lot. But I, I don't know. This is a difficult analysis for me to make because you just don't know enough. I, I don't think you give up on him, especially at this point in the season. You only have two games left. You've you've stuck with him this long. He has shown flashes. He still has talent. He just has to be able to – Stop turning the ball over. That's it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's got 13 picks. That's bottom 10 in the country. But you could also say at the same time, geez, he's got one of the best wide receivers in the country, and he's still not he's still not putting up big numbers. He's still not getting us into the end zone. I I just it's hard. There's just I just I, I think he's got the talent. So I, I, I feel like you stick with he's only a sophomore. I feel like you stick with him and let's open up the open up the, the, the starting job in the offseason. Bring him see if somebody pushes him. Yeah. See what happens. Trust the coaching staff to make the right decision. And maybe next year there's somebody that's closer. Maybe the younger guys that you mentioned, the walk on. Well, that you have J.J. Cole coming in next year as one of the top ranked quarterbacks in the country. Uh, and he'll be a true but I, freshman. I, well, yeah, it's so rare where you see a true freshman come in and that isn't the top guy in the country yeah. come in and and play and play well. 
I, at this point in the season, I, I do think you you probably stick with with Deckers. And I'm with you. I, I, th- I think he'll have a good game against Texas Tech. What do I know? I will say this. I think Iowa State's offensive line played a top three bad game in the Campbell era on Saturday. It was bad. It was it was really, 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 really bad. And uh, there there has to be – so we talk about change and, like, I don't know because Campbell is very closed off during the season. He's not talking to anybody about this stuff. But I would be shocked if, when you look at what the defense has done this year, when you look at what the offense has done this year and how this has all played out, I would be shocked if there aren't some sort of significant changes made in the offseason. And I don't even know if that's like firing Tom Manning. Like, I don't even know if that's fair because – he, this is the one like bad year. Now a lot of people would say, "Oh, it's been trending this way for a while." You're right, but I also know when you're a defensive oriented program that you do certain things on offense to play to your defense, right? And and you know all about that. Like, um, but I, I think offensive line wise, and maybe even quarterback wise, you have to look at how do we develop these guys better? Because I didn't see Brock Purdy get like leaps and bounds better from the time he was a freshman to a senior. Did you? I mean, he's a good no. player all the way through, and he, the best quarterback in Iowa State history. But it wasn't like as a senior, like man, look how far he's come. No, and in, in fact, I think he, he, I wouldn't say regressed, but he he got weirder as, as his career went More on. Brett he he made, yeah, made some really bizarre decisions. I just don't. There's the, for some reason there's this theory out there that Campbell won't make moves because his buddies are on the staff and because they've been with him at Toledo and I I mean he fired his strength coach a couple years ago and his strength coach was one of his best friends so like I I just I think that I think moves will be made but I don't I don't know which ones maybe it's moving guys around maybe it's you fire this I don't know but I know Matt well enough that he's I doubt he's just going to sit on his hands and do nothing and I don't think you can just sit on your hands and do nothing if you finish with you know two wins in conference play in the bottom of the Big 12. I, I think you have to do something. I think in this new league, too, it's like you have a little bit of a fresh start. Right. The team's coming in. Like, you, you want to – because they're doing the same thing. You, you, it may not be a bad thing long-term to have a year like this where you kind of reassess things and, and move forward. But you have to move forward. That's the thing. You just can't sit on your hands. Shout-out to Circus Sports, Circus Sports Iowa – uh, the best app if you're betting Monday Night Football today. Uh, please, uh, if you like Iowa everywhere, you help us out by downloading the Circus Sports Iowa app because it shows them that you guys are responsive to what we're doing here. What are you laughing at? I just, I was looking at the, uh, <laughs> I was listening to the John Miller podcast and I took a gander at some of the comments from the people rating and. Uh, and one of the one of the comments was, "God, I just love everything about Iowa everywhere. I think whoever created this is a genius. I just I love everybody except Chris Williams. That guy sucks." <laughs> <laughs> the story of my life. Oh my God, who who do you think created Iowa everywhere? <laughs> Like, geez, I just love this. I like, God, whoever, whoever created this guy, God, I'd love to meet him. But that Chris Williams, <laughs> he can suck a D. Again, it's the story of my life.
go back to the Diamond Dave story. One of my most religious listeners messaged me to choke on my microphone and die. Wait, he's he was a big religious guy. Well, I'm just saying he never missed a show. Oh, he was a real. I, I, I thought religious. you meant like he was a real. No, no. he was a real God fearing individual. I don't know about. I don't. I hope so for his sake. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Uh, TCU keeps on winning. How about that? Impressive. Uh, it, it wasn't even really much of a game, really. I mean, everybody had them losing at Texas. It's just a question of whether or not they cover the spread, right? Uh, Steve Sarkeesian now 11 and 11, 11 and 11 during his time at Texas. <sighs> kind of thought this after they fired Tom Herman, but it wasn't really much of a change. This is a really interesting deal. Now, there was a story that came out this week in the Dallas Morning News that the athletic director at Texas wanted to hire Sonny Dykes, and he was pressured into hiring Sarkeesian by boosters. Which is interesting. Great timing for that story to come out, right? With, yeah. with Sonny Dykes there, sitting there at uh, 10-0 and over at old, little old TCU. Yeah. I love what's going on with TCU. They're embracing the hypnotode. They're, it's cool. They're a monster, man. They they really are down there. And in the name, image, and likeness deal, they're they're um, they're boosters. They don't have a ton of fans, but the ones they do have a ton of money is the key. And in the Metroplex, and they've. I almost thought this too the other day. I was thinking about the Big Twelve. I really like SMU's program too, and it was like I, I wonder if it would have been smart for the Big Twelve as opposed to taking. Uh, Houston's fine, but like um, to adding SMU and just really owning that whole area. But I, whatever, it's totally outside. But I, I like what they're doing. I think Dykes is a great coach. Max Duggan, top three Heisman guy for me still at this point in the season. He's. I haven't right looked at the there. new odds, but man, between Duggan and May, I mean, those two guys should should be getting more love than they've than they've gotten nationally. It's just. Yeah, and he's just cool story too, man. Because he he stuck it out in this. I don't remember him in high school football in Iowa. Yeah, he played for Lewis Central. Yeah, so I covered his dad forever at St. Alberts when his dad was the coach at Council Bluff St. Alberts, and knew his dad quite well. And then his dad went to Texas. He got a big like five A high school job in Texas. It was like, Mm -hmm. and they didn't like it down there comes back his dad gets the council bluffs lewis central job and then retired from that once max went to tcu and a lot of people were like well why did max go to tcu it was a random place well his dad became buddies with gary patterson while he was down there and and like max could have gone any like he could have hell he probably could have gone to iowa like i don't know if they would have taken him but I bet he would have. It's too backyard football for Iowa. I think. And he, he sticks it out, though, in an era where everybody transfers, loses his coach. He could have gone to a lot of places, just hung there because he likes it, likes the education he's getting at TCU, and he's having this awesome deal. So I, I think it's a neat story. You um, can just hear your daughters just, just coughing I'm in the sorry. background. That's Elise. That's the one who was swearing. Poor- <laughs> cyclone games. So they're both sick at the same time. They're yeah. swearing. They're sick. It's, Iowa State's horrible. It's it's, it's pretty shitty it. life for you, isn't it? I have to do this with you. <laughs> uh, we couldn't have been more wrong on Baylor. 
Jesus, how bad was that? I'm done trying to guess the Big 12 week to week. I'm done picking Kansas State games. Like, I, I just have no clue anymore with Kansas State. Can I uh, keep the hope alive, though? Not that TCU will lose because I'm rooting for them. But Baylor hosting TCU next week. TCU is just a three-point favorite. This is another one of our, like, smelly point spreads mm-hmm. where if Baylor just gets killed. Everybody's, you know, throwing in the towel on them now. TCU just wins its biggest game of the year. It's a big underdog. I, I wouldn't be shocked at all if that's if that's the game where TCU falters. It kind of, It's kind of like the LSU-Arkansas yeah. This past week. And Which that boy, almost that, hit. That was close. That was really close. LSU survived, but man, it was tough at Arkansas. It, it, Baylor will be up for this. That crowd will be humming. Y'all right? Yeah, she's just peeking her head in the door here, wanting to see if Daddy was done with his podcast yet. <laughs> for those of you who were listening to me and John Miller, I had to like leave the show mid show last week to go and get her from daycare. It was it was just a disaster. Um, speaking of bad football, <laughs> Vanderbilt ended a 26-game SEC losing streak this week. They beat Kentucky. And it reminded me, where were you, Hassel, October 7th, 2000, the John Butcher game when Iowa beat Michigan State to snap a 13-game losing streak, but a much longer Big Ten one. I don't know what the actual number was. I want to say it was close to the 20s for Iowa's Big Ten losing streak. I think I was listening to that game on the radio. I don't even know if that game was on TV in the Quad Cities. Oh, yeah. That, well, I'm guessing that was like an old-fashioned ES, the deuce. Remember no when way. ESPN2 no, was like game wouldn't, nah, I wasn't extreme on the deuce, sports. I, think. I bet it was one of those... One o'clock starts non-TV games. I was there. I remember it. I uh, I was on the field after the game. We all charged the field. The John Butcher game. Charles Butcher Rogers. is the future. Yeah, Charles Rogers, that Michigan State team. I don't know. The watching the Vanderbilt fans reminded me of that that deal. I was uh, I I was at the. I remember watching the Penn State game later on that season, the the two overtime game. I was watching that at an Applebee's in Bettendorf with my dad and grandpa, and then I was at the Northwestern game later that season when they. So so you think that Vanderbilt has turned the corner? No, I don't know. I just big game this week. They got Florida coming to town now. They're all jacked up. They beat a Florida's top twenty five Kentucky team. I yeah, mean, I don't know about that Kentucky team. I, oh boy, what, what's that's, going on? There? And now they host Georgia. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's another one though. Like, uh, never mind. I thought Georgia did get pressed this week. Like I thought they would. Mississippi State was game. They were totally live as an underdog. They never never felt like they were going to win it, but mm-hmm. they were ready for them. A couple other quick stories I wanted to hit on. Drake, Iowa women in a sold-out nap center yesterday. Iowa ended up winning in, in overtime. Yeah, Drake pushed him to the brink. Drake wasn't supposed to be that good, are they? This isn't the Jenny Baranchek team. This is... No, no, but... I, I mean, they're still a good program, but they're not... Yeah, this isn't... Yeah, like, what was the line on that game? Had it been at least double digits, right? I don't know if there was a line... There has to be a line. There's always a line. Maybe there's like offshore. So I didn't see one. 
I don't Circa think is, Iowa's a top four team. I don't. I will say this after I watched the second half of that game mm-hmm. back, and I do think Iowa State has, will be a favorite in Iowa City. Do you? That, that'll be a really close one, but I think their backcourt gives them a pretty clear edge when you, you know. Obviously, there's Caitlin Clark. Are you just laughing at Elise? Yes. Elise, go play in your kitchen, okay? <laughs> Daddy's almost done. Oh, that poor kid. I, everybody can hear you coughing. Just hacking up along. Poor thing. That's a That was a cool scene, though. I, I saw a lot of people awesome. on social media tweeting out pictures of the line of people waiting to get in, and and that's all Caitlin Clark. That's Caitlin Clark buzz. That's people in Des Moines saying, oh, Caitlin Clark is here. I got to go see her firsthand. Really cool. Last thing for me. Vikings Bills yesterday. (laughs) That. I'm glad that I'm not the only one saying it. That may have been the craziest fourth quarter. That I've ever seen in a game. I mean, you'd have to go back to like Bills Oilers 19. 91 or something like that. There were like eight times in that game hassle where I'm like, oh, this game's over for both teams. And then it's just the total opposite happens from, you know, it's fourth and 18 for the Vikings and Justin Jefferson makes that catch to the Bills holding the Vikings on the goal line twice to when – when uh, Josh Allen fumbles in the end zone and the Vikings get a touchdown and, but then it's just like, Oh shit, they can still drive down and kick a field goal, which is exactly (laughs) what they did. That was as good of a regular season NFL game as you'll ever see. Yeah. I don't know that you could ever top that. I really don't regular season wise. I, I had a really weird viewing experience of this. I was flying home from Birmingham watching this on red zone and then i had it up uh in my car as i was driving home i i knew about the jefferson great catch i saw that as i was pulling into my driveway and then i saw him make a catch inside the 10 yard line to set up a first and goal and as i'm as i'm walking in i realized Oh my God, I forgot my coat on the plane and my (laughs) coat has my wallet in it with my headphones, my AirPods. And so then all hell breaks loose and I have to stop watching the game with, with the bills or with the Vikings knocking on the doorstep of taking the lead late in that game in the final minute. And long story short, I contact the airline. I, they track down my coat and my wallet. I go, I, all I hear is that the bills, um, ended up, or the Vikings ended up scoring and the bills tied it up with a field goal. And then the Vikings won in overtime. I didn't know how it happened (laughs) until like three hours later. I look up like, okay, how, how did this all go down? And I hadn't heard from anybody other than, oh, my God, I get texts like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. I thought it was just the Vikings punched it in. The Vikings punched it in and then they kicked it off to the Bills. They went. No, the Vikings got stopped on fourth and goal. And then they were just trying to run out the clock and Allen fumbles the ball. I, I, I had no idea because of my coat fiasco. Incredible. 
I, I can't imagine as a fan of you being a Vikings fan, oh. our, our buddy Scott Sipker as a Bills fan, he sent me a text. He's like, what, why do we do this? Why do we do this to ourselves as sports fans? I am miserable right now. I am miserable because of the Bills. What a heartbreaking loss. And now they're not even in first place in their own division. The, the Dolphins are humming. So the Bills, not only will they probably not have home field advantage in the playoffs, they, they might have to play wild card weekend, the super wild card week. And now you got your worries with Josh Allen. What the hell is he doing trying to, to tackle Patrick Peterson on that well, return with hurt. his bad elbow? Yeah. Jeez, what a game. And It was crazy between the 4th and 18 completion to Jefferson. Like I'd love to know the percentage Maybe you can get your CBS sports people to look. Like, what? what's the percentage of an NFL team converting on 4th and 18 in that scenario? It's got to be. It's less than 5%. I, yeah. would say, I would say 2 to 3%. And then what would the percentage have been that the Vikings in that scenario where the Bills are strictly trying to run out the clock would get a touchdown defensively in that? I mean, that's got to be like less than a half percent type well, deal. And like that never happens. And at the worst case at that moment, you think, okay, they'll get a safety and it will be a two-point game and we'll get to yeah. kick it away to them. Yep. And he fumbles the ball. <laughs> Your MVP, the guy that was the favorite to win oh. the MVP award, you were the favorites to win the Super Bowl. And they, they, maybe they still do. This hurts Big time. I think this the, the the thoughts start creeping into Bills fans' heads like, oh my God, we're the Bills. We're the Bills. And the Vikings kind of have that same thing going with all those Super Bowl losses, all those close calls. And now you're sitting there, you got the division locked up, and I'm everything's looking good for the Vikings, but you can't keep playing with fire like this. This they kind of remind me of that Bears team from was it 2006 that just then now they were undefeated for a long time but they just kept winning games in crazy ways like the huge comeback against the cardinals and matt leinard on a monday night i remember that Mm -hmm. and that was the famous uh we are who who they thought we were we i don't know i can't remember what he said they are who we thought they were when dennis green was the head coach of the cardinals and we let him off the hook I don't know that the Vikings are legit Super Bowl contenders, but they've got some magic going for them right now. They um, they they certainly do, and it was it was fun. That, that was as much fun as I've had watching a regular season game in in quite some time. All right, we oh no, go. I get I think we got in trouble, Chris, for playing those uh, NFL highlights. I think we oh. got taken down off of off of the old YouTube. Oh, they don't. It must be a copyright thing. Whoops. File that one away. File that one away. No No NFL NFL highlights. No NFL highlights from now on. They'll get you. They're always watching. I mean, everybody's watching. Two guys named Chris. Even the NFL. Fairway meat. The NFL knows about fairway in circus sports. You you better believe it. All right. Uh, Where are you? You you got Florida Atlantic this week? This week, I'm off. I'm going to Asheville for a little. little fall vacay nice. this weekend. Uh, next week, I've got FAU Western Kentucky to close out the old football campaign. But, uh, but I'll be watching. The, the wife knows Saturday 
We might be hopping around to different breweries, but we'll be watching. Uh, we'll be watching Iowa and Iowa State games. I, I'm deciding. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking my dad. We had tickets before anything happened, but I, he's a Cowboys fan, so I'm taking him to Minneapolis for Vikings Cowboys on Sunday. Oh wow! So that place is going to be lit with the Vikings doing what they've done and the Cowboys in town. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be crazy. So I'm deciding if I'm going to what I want to do. I'll probably still go to Ames, but I might just cover it from a hotel. Have Bloom cover it from his shower. Bloom and his shower beer can cover it. (laughs) Just a live stream of Bloom commentating on the game in his shower drinking beer. (laughs) God. All right, uh, Brock, thanks for filling in for Matt. We appreciate it, even though you got us suspended from YouTube. I'm just kidding. It wasn't your fault. Uh, Matt will be back on Thursday with us. We've got uh, our full lineup of Iowa Everywhere shows. Please rate, subscribe, and review. We appreciate you all watching and listening. Have a great work week. Iowa everywhere.